0: There is nothing quite as impressive as someone who starts with an idea, notices a gap in the market, starts with an idea with little experience, builds it up, does all their homework, goes and gets an MBA, pursues the dream, shakes off the doubters, including those who thought that her product was too niche and therefore would not work and wouldn't finance it, and then proves them all wrong. Well, that's exactly what's happened. In the case of my next guest, there was some big news in the Canadian business world last week. I don't know if you saw it. Swedish company Essity acquired an 80% stake in Toronto-based underwear brand Nix for approximately 320 million dollars. 320 million dollars—that's a lot of money. Uh, Nix founder and president Joanna Griffiths will stay on as the head of the company and retains uh, the remaining 20% share. Uh, Still, according to reports, the sale is one of the largest publicly disclosed private sales of a direct-to-consumer company by a female founder, in this case, Joanna Griffiths. And it adds another chapter to what started off in 2013 when the company was founded. But even earlier than that, when Joanna first came up with this idea, then went and got an MBA to try to build on it and how she managed to grow Nix into one of the most successful apparel companies or new apparel companies in North America. And she did it her way with more and uh, some advice for you on what it takes to succeed in business as well. Joanna, Griffith, Joanna Griffiths joins me now. She, of course, is the president and the founder of Nix. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: I guess I, I mean I should say congratulations. This must be a huge decision um, to partner, I suppose would be the right word, but in other words, sort of seed a certain amount of control. Uh, what made you decide it was the right time?
1: Yeah, I think that the word partner that you used, I, I really like, um, I wasn't looking to sell the business to sell mix. Um, it actually, it wasn't really on my radar. I uh, really felt like we would continue to operate independently for um, the foreseeable future, but um, I was really excited when I started talking to the folks at SD about what a partnership could look like and what having a strategic partner could mean for the brand, could mean for our company, um, and really start building our legacy in a brand that is here in the long run um, and and one that we feel has a ton of potential and just do that uh, with a partner on side
0: because I, I, I've heard you once say that, uh, that bringing on a business partner is, it's harder to get rid of a business partner than it is to get divorced. So you have to be very, very careful about who it is that you, uh, that you partnered up with, so to speak.
1: Yeah, that's, that's right. And I mean, especially this decision um, with, with us purchasing 80% of the business. Um, so they're, they're really the majority owners. Um, and so it is, it is a very um, important decision. I think, any person who's founded a company and who's been at it for a short time or a long time, like I have, I mean, it's it's been um, almost ten years at this point. It's a it's a very emotional decision and uh, a, a big life life moment life life decision to decide. Um, to sell your company. And so um, definitely a lot of, of thought and consideration went into this and um, a lot of time spent with um, with the folks at Essity, getting to know them, understanding their values and, and making sure that we were aligned on the vision of what's next for Mix.
0: Because for listeners to understand, this doesn't go back to when you launched. This actually goes back prior to that, even during your MBA. This is where the genesis of this idea came from to create this company. How did you how did this all begin? And and I gather you I mean, this was really something that you that you really devoted a lot of time to from the get go and built not all by yourself, but um, but you were the driving force.
1: Yeah, so I I came up for the with the idea for Nix. I mean, gosh, it must have been in 2008, So a really long time ago. And then uh went and did an MBA and spent the entire time that I was doing my MBA really working on Nix, um, talking to tons and tons of people understanding what they were looking for from intimate apparel products, what they liked, what they didn't like, um, and doing a lot of the research. And I'm what's called an accidental entrepreneur. So I had no intention of starting a business, but through those conversations and that research I did, I picked up on the opportunity to really have a big impact on people's lives. And so we launched with Leak Proof Underwear, also known as Period Underwear. Uh, it's a product that didn't exist at the time. It sort of dreamed up while I was at school. And then fast forward to today, and it's it's becoming a billion-dollar category. So um, it's really changing the way that people live their everyday lives. And I'm extremely grateful for sort of the the interest and adoption that has come with that, that product idea that I had. Gosh, I guess... 15 years ago now.
0: Wow, time flies, right? I mean, that's just the way I, you've been yeah. busy. Too. You've been very busy. Uh, I was, I you know, reading about the history of the idea in the company, I was shocked to, f- to find out that it wasn't out there. I also realized that you when you presented this idea, a lot of people thought it wouldn't work.
1: That's right. Well, I think the reason why it wasn't out there is that for a very long time, a lot of women centric, and I'm doing that in quotation marks, challenges or problems have been overlooked. And that's just because we simply didn't have enough women running companies. And so this is a a classic example where it took a woman or someone who menstruates rather to, to start this business. And I did have a hard time when I first got started, I think. People had a really challenging time thinking about how big the category could be. If you can imagine, there's not a lot of market comps when you're inventing a product and kind of creating a net new category. And so a lot of the times, especially in the early days when I was raising money um, in a traditionally male-dominated industry, the investors didn't really see what the need was, didn't really understand um, what the potential could be. And so I got a lot of feedback, both when I first started and along the way, that it was, you know, a great business, a great idea, but it was too niche or women often get told that they have um, a quote unquote lifestyle business. So not something that's really investable, but something that could, you know, be a great way to maintain a lifestyle as a founder or CEO. And so I got a lot of that feedback along the way and received a, a lot of kind of rejection for less of lack of a better way to describe it and uh, really had to kind of power through to find find the people that believed in me that believed in our team that believed in what we were trying to accomplish um, and and overcoming a lot of uh, systemic bias along the way
0: And for anyone out there who thinks that this may sometimes you you know come up with a great idea and then everything just falls into place you had to crowdfund and then I, I gather you had to completely change your business model not too too far into this adventure
1: yeah Pab Pivot or die, I guess is the name of the game. So, I I mean, I took a, a bunch of different pivots along the way. Um, we did. We started with crowdfunding. When I had challenges raising money in the early days, had to go back to crowdfunding as well. So to say that Nix is a company that was built by our customers is not an overstatement. Um, we really have been created by our community, which we're so grateful for. We transitioned out of wholesale to be a direct-to-consumer brand where we exclusively sell for our own website websites and now our own retail stores back in um, 2016, 2017. And that was a huge pivot for us as an organization, but um, ultimately decided that we had to focus and um, it was uh, a, a big decision, but probably the best one we ever made because that really is when we started to to grow.
0: How have you managed to to sort of to maintain the growth, but not grow too fast. Cause I know that's always a challenge for a company that's growing is to try to control the growth in a way that's sustainable.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I think in the beginning, it was not taking on um, an extreme amount of outside capital. So really managing our own growth out of um, the proceeds of the business and being thoughtful in that approach. I think uh, as a founder and CEO, one of your um biggest roles is to learn how to say no to things and it's really easy to want to say yes to everything every opportunity but um the truth is is that you need focus and you need relentless kind of uh decision making abilities and so I like to say that there were about three years there where I think the only thing I said was no (laughs) (laughs) and um we did that because we we needed to focus we needed to get good at a couple of things um and uh And run a business where we could deliver great products to our customers, respond to people on time, um, where they really knew that they could count on us.
0: Joanna Griffiths is with us this half hour. She is the president and founder of Nix um, Leakproof Underwear. Was the initial where it began. It's become much more than that. It's also recently been an eighty percent stake has been sold to a Swedish company named Essity. So a huge deal. Uh, I think the biggest, if I was reading correctly, Joanna, the biggest for a female founder in in North America, or there was. I'm trying to remember what the, there was a qualifier there that was again very impressive. Beyond everything else, that's impressive about the company.
1: Yeah, so from our research, it's the, the biggest private exit by a, a female founder in Canada, at least that's been disclosed. Um, so that's the stat there. Uh, it's, uh,
0: yeah, well, congratulations again. I mean, I, one of the things that I found interesting, and you've mentioned this in past interviews, was that um, when you were went back to try to raise more capital, when the company started to grow and you felt like you really needed it, you once again encountered Um, people saying, because you were pregnant with twins, twin girls. And at the time, people were saying, well, we're not so sure. We're not so sure. So you've had to sort of confront this again and again and again as this company has grown.
1: I mean, that time it was literally unbelievable, in my opinion. <laughs> yes,
0: because <laughs> so. well, well, you had the, you had the proof of concept, right? like it was working.
1: Right? I, I, exactly. I, I mean, I faced that criticism early, and and then I, I raised our Series A round when I was pregnant with my first child, um, and uh, got some some criticism through that process. But I I really felt that when we went out to raise our Series B, that the business had enough traction, and we had a great team that. Um, I wasn't going to face, face that same feedback. And so it was, um, highly, highly disappointing to continuously be met with the same response. Um, and so in, in that occasion, we were working with an investment banker. Um, we were raising a significant round of capital, uh, just over $50 million. And so, um, I created a pretty simple rule, which was that any, potential investor who made criticisms about my pregnancy or who called into question my ability to run a company and be a mother was removed from the process. They were not allowed anywhere near our company <laughs> and certainly were not allowed to own part of it, which is what investing is. Um, and uh, that story came out last year. And um, I think it ended up, the newspaper that ran it, it ended up being one of, if not the most shared article in the history of the business section because so many people um could relate or at least um recognize that 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 um that was a pretty big statement to make
0: it was uh, and and at, at the time were you at all concerned about the consequences or i i gather just from reading that and others that that really what this was about was shared values and that the money itself would you, you didn't want the money if the values weren't there
1: I had, I had, I honestly would rather take no money at all than have an investor who didn't um, believe that in 20, 2021, which was the year at the time, um, women could be parents and run companies. I would rather go back to crowdfunding not take a salary, you know, like do anything, then let those people anywhere near me. Um, And so that was a pretty easy decision. What was not was I was actually very, very nervous when I found out that that was the the headline that the newspaper was going to run with. And um, as far as we've come, I was nervous that people were going to respond negatively to it and and think that I was entitled um, instead of empowered. And so that I think um, was a good lesson, which is... um, you know, doing the right thing is always the right thing. And uh, was was really positively overwhelmed. There's actually my dad who I called and he said, Joanna, don't worry about this. This headline is important. You know, a lot of people need to read this, they need to understand that this is what happens. And he was right.
0: Yeah, it's still hard to be the one leading from the front, though, isn't it on these issues, no matter what, like, it's always because it's your business, you have staff, you have, you know, you have you know, you, you're, yeah. It's, it must be. Um, I mean, obviously, it worked out, right? That was the important part. Uh, but great. I can imagine it's hard to be the one, the one, right in these issues. It's all. I mean, now though, I mean, what, what next for 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 you? What next for the for the company now that you're in this in this new situation?
1: I mean, one of the beautiful things about Nix is that every day I feel like we're just getting started, and that truly could not be. More real than it feels right now. I'm, I'm very excited to have a new partner um, and a long term partner, a long term home for the brand. I think that the work that we do as an organization is incredibly important, um, both within Canada and elsewhere. And um, I'm I'm so excited to build a legacy company here in this country. And then beyond that, um, it's a whole lot of the same, which is what I say to my team. And it's the truth. I mean, they bought us because we were doing a lot of things right. And so it's really continuing to do what we're doing, um, continuing to make great products, continuing to use our platform to tell incredible stories and continuing to build, which is um, as an entrepreneur, what I love to do. um, I love I love building this company.
0: And 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 just for for you, I mean, people always want to know when it comes to CEOs what they do and do to. I gather you do take weekends off if you can. I don't know if you've taken many off lately, but uh, but I know you take weekends off. And I gather that that or your your, your husband works with you too, uh, so it is a bit of a family business in some senses.
1: Yeah, my husband joined the company about 5 years ago, so we were about 5 years in and we made the decision that it was what was going to work best for our life. Um we had a lot riding on this and so why not be in on it together? Um and so we've we've been um successful at making that work. It's not for everyone, but it it really works for us. And then I do take weekends off. I mean, the occasional weekend I'll work, but um I learned a long time ago that it's a marathon, not a sprint and uh, as a person leading a company that it's so important to be in a, a good headspace to show up for your team during the week. Um, and, and also to show up for your family, um, and friends and whatever it is that kind of is important to you outside of work. And so, um, I don't work weekends. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, <laughs> uh, good. <laughs>
0: good. I mean, because I, I imagine what happens is you end up feeling like you're letting someone down when that creeps in, that can't be healthy. If you're trying to stay focused on both on being six, at least on, on being present in both places.
1: That's right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and just making sure that, uh, I take care of myself, you know, so that I can take care of others. So that's been, that's been something I've learned along the way.
0: I know this is a billion dollar question, but for all those entrepreneurs out there or small business people or people who are building up a dream, like you did so many years ago, uh, 14 now, 2008, what advice, what, 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 few words of advice would you give to them when it comes to the tough times and trying to get through the inevitable walls that you run into?
1: Attach yourself and your company to a mission that's bigger than you. Um, So we've done that at Nix from the very, very beginning. We exist to empower people to be unapologetically free. Everything we do is in pursuit of that mission. And what it meant was that it made the hard days easier to get out of bed and go to work. It meant that I could recruit much better people who are smarter than me to come and work with because they believed in that mission. And I, I I, think it also helps you feel like you're not just building or, or you know, surviving, but that you're doing it with purpose and intention. And so that is my number one tip. And I think the world would be better off if we all did it too.
0: Gerardo Griffiths, thank you so much for your time and uh, congratulations.
1: Thank you.